welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, which is an agency of the United Methodist Church. And we're located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Cynthia Wilson, the Worship Executive and Director of Liturgical Resources. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. And I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, the Director of Music Ministries. Together, we'll be discussing how to plan worship using the Common Lectionary while creating worship series that are engaging and relevant and adaptable for your church setting. During these unprecedented days of physical distancing and leading online worship, we've endeavored to provide conversations that share the challenges of producing online worship and and finding ways to help those worshiping with us stay engaged, feeling connected, even at a distance. Today's episode is going to be a conversation with the Reverend Beth Richardson, Dean of the Upper Room Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. Reverend Beth Richardson is Director of Prayer and Worship Life and the Dean of Upper Room Chapel. She's a native of Oklahoma, a member of the Mountain Sky Conference of the United Methodist Church, She's a tremendous writer, a fabulous musician, a cartoonist, and especially a friend of dogs. And we are so thrilled to have her with us today. We look forward to hearing what the Spirit is saying through you today, Reverend Richardson. Thank you so much for being with us. Welcome, Beth. We're delighted to have you today as our guest. You know, in recent weeks, we've delved into subjects about how to do church during this global pandemic, and we've lifted up success stories along with what folks are finding challenging. We've talked about preaching to an empty room and guidelines for congregational singing when we reopen our churches. But what we haven't talked about very much is how church leaders, you know, those who are keeping things going week to week, month to month, are keeping up with their own spiritual, emotional, and mental needs. I think it's safe to say that this time of distancing is wearing on all of us. We're tired. We're feeling empty. We don't know what day it is, for goodness sake. (laughs) Beth, can you please help us? How are you staying connected in this time of struggle and stress? Oh my gosh, you have just spoken to my heart. Um, You know, when this uh, pandemic hit, I found that all of my usual spiritual practices just went out the window. Um, My cornerstone practice had been mindfulness meditation, and it didn't work at all because as soon as I would get quiet, my, my head and my heart would fill with anxiety. And what I found in those early days, um, was that I had to just do the simple things. I found that if I just, I could just light a candle, um, I could go outside, I picked flowers and brought them inside, and, and then I just tried to, to breathe. Um, 
I, I often will use a, a breath prayer, which is a prayer where you, on, on inhale, I have a name for God. And on exhale, I have um, a request for God. So um, loving God, bring me peace. Loving God on the inhale, bring me peace on the exhale. And the breath prayer is such a good um, uh, thing. It helps me notice if my breath prayer is going, loving God, give me peace. Loving God, give me peace. Loving God, give me peace. Then I am, I'm not breathing deeply, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the way that breath prayer was going in those days. Um, yes. So just taking a, a deep, deep breath and um and what i've found as we've gone along in this pandemic is i've never been able to go back to mindfulness meditation i've been able to have prayer with others you know say um centering prayer with others in a zoom call or a meditation session with others it seemed like being together in community was was a way for me to hold that practice in in a different way. So, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's just a hard time. Really, really is. So you almost have to reinvent yourself again and again during this time. So much Mm -hmm. has changed. Yes. I want want to depart from our script just a minute. Diane is already upset at me, but um, I have a question that I've been wanting to ask you. And it does connect with resources and what we can use. And, and that's what I'm supposed to talk about. But my question has been, as I deal with pastors and, and worship leaders, too many times I find them saying, I worship while I lead. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the source of my, of my strength is, is when I lead. And so they don't seek out other opportunities for them to be the worshiper. What, what do you say to, to folks like that who, who think that they are able to do both leading of worship, but also being worshipful in, in that, you know, are, are they missing something? Um, just what would you say to them? Uh, you know, it's interesting now that I've been leading uh, a worship at the Upper Room Chapel and with the Academy for Spiritual Formation. I've, I've really hit that in a different way. Um, where I've realized that I get through a whole service and there was nothing in that for me because I was listening for the edits I should have had in the bulletin for the, you know, the words in the hymn that I wish we had, you know, had that new hymnal out so that the words would be better, you know. Um, And and it's interesting, there have just been a few um, services where I wasn't leading, but I was sitting and, and being a part of that service and God was able to, to break through that and speak to me. Um, and that's kind of been um, a, very occasional. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to happen very often when I'm involved in leading and planning a service. So I would like to talk to those folks to see how they do that. <laughs> because that has not been my experience. One of the things that I'm just amazed about with this time of pandemic is that I can so easily find a service to watch and be fed by, you know, whether that's on YouTube or on Facebook Live. And I recently sent a note out to some of my um, colleagues to ask what services they would recommend. Um, that Because I guess folk, a lot of folks, I've talked to someone um, 
retired clergy family, and they said, and we've been visiting lots of churches. We visited <laughs> this one and this one and this one, and they've just been sitting on Sunday morning and visiting lots of churches. So there's just such a resource there, I think, to find services that feed us through this gift of technology. We can go coast to coast with a flick of a cursor, really, from one end to the other. You're right. There are plenty of, of opportunities for that. So, so what do you point to when you talk with uh, spiritual leaders or worship leaders about how they find the resources they need for maintaining their own spiritual energy and focus and, and power as they're also trying to lead. What, what do you point, what is your number one resource that you read? Well, this has been such a crazy time uh, for leaders um, in congregations. I don't think we were ever very good at taking care of ourselves um, and and now we are in this uh, situation where where all of our um, a lot of times everything that we're standing on has been kicked out from under us, and and we are in this strange, strange, strange time that's very scary, and it, even more now, even more than ever, I need to find the practices that help ground me, and you know it's like. It's like put your oxygen mask on first before you, you know, help the person in the seat next to you. Um, I, I think that's challenging for us as spiritual leaders because we're always thinking about others. Um, what I have found uh, for myself, um, I mentioned the prayer. I mentioned lighting a candle, those simple things. Um, I need to do things like get enough exercise and get enough rest and often need to to limit my intake of news and social media just because I can't there's just too much for me to process um so and, and that's kind of a cyclical thing I'll say I'm gonna stop and then I stop for a few days and then I peak again and I'm back into it you know watching every headline every hour um I do have to be outside um one of the things that's been a great thing this um, spring is I was here working from home and I've been working in the yard and um, that's my fitness center now is the yard. So I finished my work, I put on my work clothes and I go to the fitness center and I've, everything's looking really great. I've, I've pressure washed everything that didn't move. You know, it's all going really well outside. If you need some more of that, you can come over to my house anytime. <laughs> right. We need things pressure washed. <laughs> yeah. Make the rounds of Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the things I've heard in my conversations is for a long time, and you talked about how when you first began with this whole pandemic and, and what you were able to do and not able to. But I remember hearing from folks early on who saying, well, I'll worry about myself later once we get through this. But what we're discovering now is everything's changed and we're not getting through it. It'll be different. And, and so we have to focus on that change. And, and your phrase that I've heard many use, and it's appropriately so, about putting your own oxygen mask on first, that sounds selfish. But the only way I can lead, the only way I can serve is by taking care of the instrument that serves. So you have resources for that. What do you find then that helps me decide how to help others? Where, where do I turn for tools and, and ideas on, on how to meet the needs of, of people that I only see on my computer or only talk to on the phone? Mm -hmm. 
I, I heard a news story um, yesterday about the uh, about isolation and its negative effects on health, and, and it was mm-hmm. it was really sobering. It said that they said that um, that isolation has a comparable health risk of, of obesity, and it's isolation is actually a higher risk than physical activity or physical inactivity and, and even air pollution. And, um, and, but what they said that the practical things for helping with isolation was um, just helping folks nurture the relationships that they have. And I, that got me to thinking about the importance of our role uh, as leaders of community in helping to f- facilitate people's interaction with others. Um, the, you know, having Zoom Sunday school, you know, or, or small group uh, Bible studies um, remotely, um, helping folks be sure that they're connecting with, with their, their communities. I, uh, I've heard that folks are having more participation now than they have in, in who yes. knows how long, you know. That's of, right. We are mm-hmm. finding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, the audiences have shifted a little bit. There are more people that, who would never come into the church, but now somehow they're looking for a contact. And maybe it's the isolation issue that, that you were talking about. Maybe people are just looking for a voice, a person, you know. Mm-hmm. So one of those resources is just simply conversation. We don't have to have all the answers, right? We don't, we don't always have to tell people what to do. We just have to be present. Just yeah. have to be present. There, uh, th- I found a, a, when I was preparing for this uh, call, I found a, a resource um, that I'd be happy to share. I think it was written by uh, Steve Bryant, who's our, the head over the upper room. And it's a conversation model um, for visitation. It's called a simple conversation model for visitation and discovering God in your people, which is a very formal title, but it's just giving folks a a little script to say, when did you become a part of the church? Tell me that story. Mm -hmm. When did, when did God or Jesus or spirit become more than a word, you know, share that story. And so it's just guiding through a conversation with a person. And, and the thing that really caught my attention was at the end of this, um, this conversation, we invite the parishioner to create a breath prayer. So you walk the person through creating a breath prayer. Um, and then that's a prayer that you can pray with that parishioner. Um, I, I'd be happy to share this information if there's a place to, to put that on the website. Um, but I yeah. thought how simple, but how um, beautiful. That would be fabulous. We would really love to have something like that to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, so the breath prayer becomes not only uh, something that you share with that individual, but it's a, a cathartic exercise at best for that person, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned uh, a little bit ago about your spiritual director. Do you find spiritual direction still works in, in this model that when you're not face-to-face sitting in a, a room together? Do you... Do you I've been really surprised that it works really well. Um, yeah, I, I meet with uh, with my spiritual director over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
right now I'm, uh, we're meeting about once a month. Um, and it is just a, a holy time, you know, because um, she's going through the same thing, you know, that I'm going through, but really um, carving out space for me to, um, to get honest about what's happening in my heart and in my spirit. Um, for me to just take the time to think about that, you know, to think about where's the Holy one in my life right now. Mm. Mm -hmm. So people are, are longing for connection. People are longing for relationship, but I also think people are longing for beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, when we're in a room with all the same four walls, <laughs> we sometimes need to reach beyond that. Um, and I know that Cynthia and Diana want to talk about music. They always they always get around to music eventually in this group for some reason. That always comes up. <laughs> well, we do that because we love his response. Oh, Lord, they're going to sing again. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> like we can't, when we get... We cannot finish a conversation without something musical, right? And so <laughs> when we get to when we get sometimes we get to it at the end, sometimes it's in the middle, but whatever it is, we can depend on him saying, Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a song that goes with every conversation we've right, ever absolutely. had. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um but before we get there, I wanted to ask, um, so you have a spiritual director. I know I most most of the people I know around here have a spiritual director. How can people go find a spiritual director at this time if this is something that they need, you know, someone to sit with them? And, and that's what keeps coming to mind as, as you're talking about uh, spiritual practices, either for ourselves or helping others with theirs. Um, you know, just sitting with someone is just so important um, so that they're seen and validated and they can share. But then also we need someone to sit with us. So where do you, how would someone go about finding a spiritual director? Well, there is um, a, an organization called Spiritual Directors International. And, and that's a place where you can look um, on their website and look at for people in your area. I would also just ask around. I mean, I found it really intimidating to, to, to try to find the right person. And I finally ended up talking to um, a longtime friend and said, I, I need a spiritual director. Can you recommend someone? And that's how I found the person that I'm uh, still seeing. Um, there are, there are more and more folks who are getting um, trained in this area. I just recently graduated uh, with my um, certification as a spiritual director. And I think that that's, it's an, an, a need that's growing. And fortunately, there are more and more folks who are being uh, trained in this area. Um, but I would okay. definitely ask around. Okay. So Beth, can you say some more about how a, a spiritual director functions in a person's life? Sure. Um, f forever, I went to therapy, you know, um, as, as all good folks do, you know, at least at one time or another. Um, but what I found were there were, there were uh, issues of the spirit, my calling, um, the, the, the wounds that I experienced it, through my life, that, that there was just a spiritual nature. There was a, there was a God connection there that I wasn't able to, um, to 
experience in therapy. And so the, the, it's sort of like just an, an hour of a, one hour of a holy conversation um, where uh, I talk and the person listens and listens on behalf of the Holy One. Um, we learned in our um, uh, spiritual direction training, if we're talking a lot, we're getting in the way of the Holy One. So it really is just a conversation. You might, you know, it would be perfect to have with a cup of tea, you know. Um, <laughs> usually uh, we, we open with some time of silence, as long as of silence as I want. And then I say, amen, and we start, and we start talking. Um, some spiritual directors um, might charge some money. Others, um, it might be part of their job at a church, and there's uh, not um, remuneration there. But um, there's all kind of spiritual directors for all kind of, of persons and needs. So you have um, operated in the position of dean for the chapel. And uh, we have our worship team. We've had the joy of working with you on several occasions and watching you do your thing. Uh, and it's just a real joy. You bring such a spirit of peace. And um, I, I just appreciate so much your leadership and the ways in which uh, you interf interface with uh, worshipers, the way that you work alongside others who help make worship uh, happen at the Upper Room Chapel. We have been so honored to be a part of that. Um, so what would you say about the ways in which um, the arts function in uh, chapel worship or in worship in general, um, in addition to music? <laughs> um, so what, what are some of the, the ways that you sense the arts functioning mm -hmm. worship. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, they're just such a, a rich, there's such a richness there, you know, with, uh, with that in worship. And by the way, I miss being with you guys in the chapel. Um, yeah. We've, uh, we've switched our, uh, we've switched our uh, efforts to, um, to Facebook live, um, uh, started with daily services and now we're we're doing th three times a week but we are missing being together with you and um in, in the chapel you know the the upper room chapel is uh such a striking room with uh with the carving of uh, da vinci's last supper there at the beginning uh, but i think my uh, favorite um services in there are today when we uh, can put up icons and light candles and and just sit in silence and sing and listen to the folks leading um, there there's a richness there uh, in that f feeds my soul and and that is a service that I'm really missing right now in these in these times um, I, that news story talking about the effects of isolation um, on health, one of the things that they said that people can do is to be creative, um, that, that there's some evidence that creative expression helps reduce 
the uh, distress associated with loneliness. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's not just painting or performing music, but it could be writing, it could be cooking, it could be, you know, working the garden and growing flowers, you know, so I, I think that that, that, that creativity is a, is a, a life giving uh, piece, you know, for us, especially during this time. Um, I uh, w- watched a service um, the other day that came out of a church in the LA area, and it was s- done so simply. But the the uh, person was there playing the organ, and then there were two um, men singing, um, and they were more than you know they were distanced enough, you know, up in the ch- chancel, um, but the but the sounds of their of their voices um, singing together and then singing um, parts. Um, it, and I, I think that was so important because I, I could almost hear the congregation, even though I couldn't, you know, maybe that's that muscle memory of, of the, of all of those years of hearing congregation singing, you know, that, that there, that my imagination was able to fill in all of those voices of the saints singing along with that, with those men. And I'm hoping that everyone who watched that, that um, service also felt the communion of saints, you know, singing uh, with them. So. Art is invitational in a way it invites us in and, that's part of that whole relationship thing. And, and one of the reasons why music is so important in worship is because it is participatory. Now in this new world, things are gonna have to change. We may have to do it differently, but we still lean in. As that's what you're describing. Tim. We lean into the music and, and we become a part of that. So we've always encouraged churches when they're in person or, or online to find ways to help people be creative as they worship. To, to connect with something, to do something so that they can find their connection with each other, with God, with, with the, the spirit that's present, but also with the creative thing that they're trying to do. I think that's part of the relationship building we've been talking about here. You're absolutely right, Derek. And I, I think that it also uh, teals the soil for incarnational worship. Mm. I often say to congregations, do something, even if you just bat your eyelashes, but (laughs) 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 to really begin to embody what it is that we are attempting to convey in the worship experience, both laterally as well as vertically, uh, which is the obvious way of honoring the cross and all of what that means in Christianity. So movement is is important, um, and 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 I know that there are some who are not comfortable about maybe clapping their hands or swaying from side to side, or but you know inevitably people are doing something on the inside that really sort of connects them to uh, the Jesus that we're singing of. The the spirit uh, moves us in a way that's sometimes visible, sometimes audible, sometimes invisible, sometimes silent. Um, But the arts just tend to do that. And uh, I think it's hard when that's your work, when that's what your calling is. But at the same time, it's the same thing that I depend on uh, to listen to um, 
to lift me to a loftier significance. You know, the, there's certain songs. Some days it's jazz. Uh, some, <laughs> days, some days it's just listening to my grandbaby sing because she, uh, she belted out in a, in a New York minute. And <laughs> her latest her latest song is um, I'm So Glad Trouble Don't Last Always. Now, why a six-year-old is singing that and where it came from, I don't know. But she doesn't sing it as lament. She sings it as I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) She sings it because you need to hear it. I can You know, and I think the arts do meet us where we are. Yeah. Uh, how many times have we been in church when we couldn't sing? Um, yeah. Something was just too heavy on our hearts. And so we let others do the singing for us. And we just let yeah. that wash over us. And and I think about art, uh, visual arts are like that too. You see in it what you need to see in it in the moment, kind of like scripture. Every right. time we come back to a scripture, we see something different because we're different every day. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yes, I agree with you. Well, yeah. Beth, Beth mentioned Teze as, as one of the things she's missing, um, but what is it about that style of worship and singing? I mean, is it the repetition? You know, the, it it kind of goes on and on and it, and just says, find your way in to this. Uh, sing along or, or as Diana says, kind of lean into it and let others sing for you. What What is it about that style in particular, Beth, that, that you long for? I think it's a uh, prayer and music. Um, it it's it lets me. Um, it's a different. It, well, it's that embodiment of prayer uh, through through song through the voice, um, and 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 part of it's just the repetition, like you know, becomes a mantra, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then surrounded by, it's so funny because I was just thinking of all the senses and, and I was smelling something when I'm thinking of today, we don't have the smells in the chapel there, but, but I, I could add that, you know, the smell of incense of the, the visuals, the sounds, the feeling of the quiet, the, the, the act of singing or the act of listening to others sing on my behalf. You know, I like what Diana, what you were saying, um, or whoever it was, uh, the times that we can't sing that the community sings on our behalf. Um, Yeah. So what, what would you say your greatest challenge has been um, as Dean of the chapel? We have such an eclectic uh, community at the agency. Uh, So what, how do you um, manage the uh, art of worship design and what are your chat? What are some of your challenges? Well, I didn't take that class in seminary, so I always have a, I'm worried about whether I'm doing it right or not. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of, so I guess that's the challenge and there it's done with a lot of prayer, you know, um, I always uh, start, usually start with the lectionary in the season that we're in, you know, and um, as I'm planning out the, and hopefully we'll be able to do this again someday, where I'm looking at the whole year and and thinking who 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 to lead us when and and how that all looks together, so that we do incorporate different voices, different styles, you know, make sure we've got um, um, all of the richness of us 
coming out in that place that it's all woven together. Um, that I think one of the challenges, we just never know how many folks we're going to have there, but I've finally let go. Um, and, you know, we have, uh, you know, there in the chapel, it's a lot of his, his staff and staff have been on the road and sometimes we'll have like a group there. And so we've got maybe 50 all of a sudden, you know, and, and the next week we've got 20. Um, I finally just decided it didn't matter how many we, we had that we're there praying. I always say we're praying with and on behalf of the world. And we're worshiping there with and on behalf of the world, no matter how many people are sitting there, that we are there. Um, I'm realizing now that as we've been doing uh, Facebook Live, that when we do get back to the chapel, we will be broadcasting. There's just no going back there. So uh, for for the last many months, folks have said, do you do you stream this? And I'm like, no, we, we don't know how to do that. So now we do know how to do it. And, uh, and, and, uh, well, we may have to think about, I'm thinking about how we can start kind of incorporating back in more. We've been doing kind of a morning prayer service or a daily prayer service. What would it be like for us to, um, to have a service from the chapel remotely, you know, so we'll be looking towards that here in the, in the coming oh, month. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to hear that. That's exciting. You said, you said, um, you kind of went through it quickly, but uh, as we close, uh, obviously we've got listeners, persons who are thrilled to hear from you. Uh, but you said a moment ago, sometimes we have groups. Would you say a little bit more about that? And I, that might be a good time for you to issue an invitation. Say more. I've already forgotten what you're talking about. Sorry. You said sometimes we have groups. Um, oh, visiting. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Once we're back in the chapel, we would love to see you there. Whether you're there visiting with, um, you know, a mission group. Um, if you've got a choir on tour, let us know. We'd love to have you sing in the chapel. If you are in Nashville and you would like to preach in the chapel, or even if you wouldn't like to preach in the chapel, let me know and I might invite you. Uh, we would love to have folks from all over the country and all over the world joining us there. Um, we have been uh, worshiping on Wednesdays at 1045, but this 11 o'clock feels really good. So we might have to switch it to 11. Um, so we would love to see you in the Upper Room Chapel or to join us um, on Facebook Live. Uh, you can like the Upper Room um, Facebook page and we're, uh, we are there leading prayer on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So we'd love to have you join us there. Thank you so much, Beth. We appreciate this time with you. We missed you so much. And it's just good to talk to you and to hear your voice. Um, we appreciate you joining us today. We appreciate all of you who have joined in today. We know that this, uh, this conversation has been helpful to you. At least we hope that it has been. And remember that you can find more information at our website as well. Uh, umcdiscipleship.org, umcdiscipleship.org. And Beth, would you repeat your contact information? Upperroom.org or on Facebook, 
uh, the Upper Room Center page. Great. Reverend Beth Richardson, we love you. We appreciate you. And friends, we appreciate you as well. Until next time, we will be praying for you and we will be praying with you and your congregation as you move through this transitional period. Know that we are bathing you in prayer and your ministry. And we pray that you would continue to, on purpose, make disciples for the transformation of the world. Blessings. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.